It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to another edition of the Redirect Podcast. This is number four for us here. Uh, this is Jason from the Black Truck Media Marketing Team. I have Patrick and Ashley here as well, and we're going to jump right in and get started talking about uh, news and trends and uh, and what we've been keeping up on in the world of search engine marketing. So um, I'll start things off for you guys this week. So uh, as we usually do, this is kind of round, round robin, and nobody really knows what uh, who's been reading what until we go to record this, so this is always exciting because I believe uh, in episode number three, last episode, uh, somebody pimped my idea, so um, here we go. Um, just came out uh, today or yesterday, it might have been, which would have been on the Google Webmaster Central blog on um, better snippets for your users, and it's, so finally, all of a sudden, we have Google who's coming around talking more about featured snippets. So industry's been talking about featured snippets for some time now, let's say 12 plus months, and we've uh, produced our own content on it, definitely read some good benchmark reports and how-tos from other thought leaders in the space. And so now Google is, has made a nice little blog post about uh, maybe providing more indication as to what they're paying attention to is how I read it. Um, so historically snippets have been pulled from a, a number of areas, the top three being content on the page, uh, a meta page description, and uh, DMOS, directory listings. Um, but the great thing is, uh, great thing for some people, I think it's great for us, is that finally DMOS is no longer, so Google is no longer going to pay attention to that. Um, that's something that we've uh done a, a basically a uh, it's not called a disallow but it's a basically pay no attention to this Google I think for for a long time um, because we want to provide as much of that information to Google as possible um, but it was interesting that here we are again 2017 and we're talking about meta page descriptions um, I think it's hmm. it's very interesting. I think a lot of people think of it as a basic thing, but it's also one of those basic things that it gets left out so often. While it might be a quick win for some, we know that it's a very easy way to improve click-through rates. Um, now you have Google saying, hey, we're going to look at this probably maybe more uh, from a featured snippet perspective. <laughs> they also, in this article, talk about, and we'll link to it in the show notes, um, they also actually do go and mention that um, there really isn't, uh, what they're saying is there's, there's not necessarily a discrimination on length for a meta page description. Huh. Um, so uh, I'll read it right here. Is there a character limit for meta descriptions? Uh, so from Google, there's no limit on how long a meta description can be, but the search results snippets are truncated as needed, typically to fit the de device width, right? Which we've known that. We go from right. uh, maybe 153 or 155 characters yeah. to be more focused on pixel width because of mobile devices and stuff. But um, I found that was interesting that they said 
Yeah, I'm just no. I'm thinking about that in my head and how that would work. It's like it's yeah, you can put as much content in there as you want. It's just a matter of what we're gonna show you. So as a as a person on the backside writing that, you would just write to a period or to a pause, correct? You know, to where it would it would truncate. But then if do you what more do you need to add in there? I guess it's what if you're focusing on this page. Okay, I'm gonna really try and get this page to become the the featured snippet. Then I'm going to put a little extra beef in this page description. Hmm. Well, I think, yeah, would you do it on those pages that you think that you would have the opportunity for the featured snippet? If it's would, a, you, would you expand, would you expand on the, on the meta page description? So on those, some, yeah. on those how to the technical, yeah, on the testing, we'd test some pages out for like probably six to 12 months to mm -hmm. see what would, would get crawled and grabbed. But it, I think, um, the page has to be right for it. You know, it has to be a page that's going to be like a answering a question. Yeah, it still has to go back to the what we might perceive as the basic principles of why or how a featured snippet, which is, uh, you know, how old or what is or mm -hmm. how to. Mm -hmm. Those more typically, the more technical it is, uh, the more relevant that the featured snippet might right. be. But I found that really interesting. Like I said, we'll link to it in the show notes for sure. But um, it's definitely worth a read. It's a quick read. It's nothing, uh, it, actually from Google, it's nothing super technical. Um, but I did find it interesting that, uh, that, that they made the statement about that. And then again, back to the whole uh, DMOS with them closing down, they're, they're not going to rely on that data. So the no ODP directive uh, kind of automatically becomes a, a, a no op. So where we would no op into that anyways. Uh, for those of you who are using, I guess, WordPress, um, maybe using the Yoast, the SEO for WordPress plugin, um, there's settings in there that you can quickly manage that, whether or not you wanted, you know, DMOS to, mm. to be the one to control that or not. We've always selected it as no and opted out of it. Now, Google's just going to automatically do that. Right. So even from a plugin perspective, it'll be interesting to see how Yoast reacts to this and if they, if they remove that feature from their, from their plugin, but... Uh, anyway, so Patrick or Ashley, what, uh, yeah, what are you guys I, reading this week? I queued in on, on DMOT stuff. Um, you kind of like stole half of all the tough, tough points I wanted to talk about today. Um, yeah, DMOTs, I, I, every time I see anything come up with DMOTs, I, I kind of shudder. Um, <laughs> previous previous um, to Black Truck, when I first got my wings in the, the search marketing world, I did a lot of submissions to DMOTs. And I never once saw one go active. It was the most frustrating submission right. process in the world. I did tons of submissions through them, and there a lot of time. It's like this should go live in a couple weeks or something like that. It never, it never happened. It hmm. never, every time I checked back, it was never there, and I just couldn't understand why the whole world was saying, "Well, you gotta be in." In DMOS, you've got to put your, your company in that in that directory and mm. use under as many categories as you can. Get in there as many times as you can. It just felt like it was a waste of time. Nothing yeah. nothing I got in there was working, and it was an archaic site that was back to like Alta Vista, nineteen ninety eight. You know, Zenu. Yeah, it was too. it was horrible. I hated it, and so like I did. I didn't even realize they're still active. I, I read the article that said they shut down in, in March, but only. Just now, are they um, 
Google is ignoring it. I didn't even know that they were using it. It just doesn't feel Mm-mm. like it was benefiting anybody. And mm. it, was like a, it was a trap. I didn't like it. And I was really excited to see that it was <laughs> finally stopped. Good. My, my submissions from years ago are probably still pending. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, Ashley, moving, moving on from the depths of, of like internet hell from like 97 or something, yeah. 98. But. Well, I have some things to share about um, content and SEO. So um, I have a blog post here from Search Engine People. Um, It is called Five Content Marketing Trends That Will Change SEO in 2017. Mm. Um, So I won't go through all five, but um, pretty interesting. Um, There was one about live video um, showing up in search results for trending keywords Mm. and uh, just discussion that not only is live video becoming more prominent for marketing purposes, but you should also be very careful to optimize that live video when you do use it. So I thought that that was a good, good little trend to pay attention to. Mm. And... Another one, it must have been, I thought it was in this article, but it must have been a different one. Um, One article that I read today was talking about how long-form content is um, preferred, like a thousand words or more. Um, But now on this article that I'm reading, um, it's saying that bite-sized content will make a comeback in SERPs. So, which correlates with what I think you touched on in our mm-hmm. in our last discussion too, which was was like no fluff. Yeah, no quote unquote light content yeah. can rank well. Like you don't have to have this this. I think there for a while even it was you had the likes of like Neil Patel saying, "Oh, if it's not twenty two hundred or twenty five hundred mm-hmm. words, like those are the most authoritative sources." And I think that's still relevant for some, but who the hell is gonna read that? Well, right. It, yeah, not only who's going to read it. I mean, I, what it comes down to is, is it written well? Is it, mm-hmm. is, is it repeating the same information over and over again? Are you just trying to, you know, get your keywords in? and thesaurus for, it's, yeah. I think it's, for content? Yeah. I think it's the, the users, the, the makers of the content, catching up with the suggestions of good quality on-page stuff, missing the quality side of it, and just forcing fluff. And yes. the people on the search end, like the pros that are running the algorithms are noticing that, like, okay, people are forcing, you know, 300 page, 300 word count pages and it's fluff. There's like 50 words of good data. In yeah. There. So now we need to refine this and say, okay, good quality sound bites need to be flushed out as right. well. Yeah. I so we're always going to see that. Yeah. 300 word, a 300 word piece of content can be very, very legitimate. I mean, a blog right. post is 300 yeah. words on average, right? right. 300 to 500? Yeah. Uh, I know we tend to <laughs> geek out and go a little longer, but um, if you're getting the point across, if you're, across, if you're writing for the human side of it and, mm-hmm. and not 
how much it offers and provides, then I think you're you're doing everyone justice. But. Yeah. Has the question, do you optimize your content for search or do you optimize for readers? So, of course, it, the answer will always be optimized for readers. Yeah. Um, so it mentioned um, identifying long-tail questions that require short, bite-sized answers, and that's a good way to... Hmm. Awesome. ...for those... Um, moving on, I don't know if either of you caught it yet or not. I know I shared it uh, either in email or back channel chat, but, uh, the, we, Mary Meeker's 2017 internet trends report, uh, dropped on the 31st. So on Wednesday and it's pretty lengthy, right? I mean, we're talking, uh, what is that? Like, uh, I think this year is 350 plus slides, mm -hmm. 355 maybe to be exact. So, um, it's big. Um, so if you want to, if you want to kind of skim through or get the cliffs notes, uh, the team at ad age actually did a really good job with like, here's, here's 12 key takeaways that you could really, um, get from Mary Meeker's report. And I, and I'm sure that there's going to be various flavors of this that, that come out here in the next couple of weeks and people analyzing her report. Um, so the biggest that, that jumped out to me, um, you know, mobile is obviously a big deal in our lives in consumers' lives. So whether it's B2C, B2B, um, the statement that global smartphone is, is finally getting saturated. So, um, it, it grew just, the statement is it just, it grew just 3% year over year in 2016 versus 10%. So, hmm. um, I think the adoption of the smartphone has finally gotten there, but you can't just go into a, a Verizon or Sprint or, or T-Mobile and just like, there's a very few non data driven, non smartphones anymore mm -hmm. to choose from. So maybe that I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to call Mary Meeker out, but I, I'm just saying like, this is an ad age thing. So maybe we can call ad age out to say like, duh, <laughs> like, have you bought a cell phone lately? I mean, a smartphone, uh, you, you, what are you going to, what are your options? Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's interesting. But then, then also the, the, the time spent using, uh, yeah. the internet on mobile devices, uh, continues to grow, right? So desktop, laptop um, stays steady um, at, at 2.2 hours, uh, a little bit more, where we're spending about five plus hours with mobile devices in a day. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably, you know, it's multiple interactions. It's, yep. I mean, that's why we, we preach a mobile first mentality, whether it's organic, whether it's paid, um, can we reach people in a mobile device or cross cross device platform? I think it's good. Um, and it, those were the two that really stuck out to me. And I know that they're the ones that, that stick out to a lot of people, especially at age. Uh, the other one was image recognition and voice activation are, are increasing. And, and I'm going to move away from Mary Meeker's presentation and, and talk a little bit more about additional stuff that I have been reading on like search engine watch this week too. Um, one article actually came out, uh, yesterday, um, on voice search and it being a, a digital space race. So we know who the key players are. So kind of referencing Mary Meeker on yes, voice activation 
increasingly replacing typing, especially on mobile. There's multiple reasons for that. I think even in, in one of our previous episodes and discussions, Patrick, you even alluded to the fact like, yeah, uh, I fully admit that when I'm driving, I'm like, hey, Siri, or okay, Google. You know, you're, you're going down the road and you're asking it questions. Mm-hmm. Not to mention uh, we, have, we have devices in our home. But the, the biggest reasons why, you know, why, and this was, I think it's Crowd came out with this, um, with this study um, looking at the use of voice search. So in 2015, we had 1.7 million people using. 2016, 6.5 million. 2017, thus far, it's 24.5 wow. million, right? So it's exploded. Wow. Mm-hmm. Granted, this, this is going to be over um, mobile as well as home devices, personal assistance. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's kind of all. Um, so that could be from Google, Amazon, Cortana, on up. Um, but they provided some really good insights as to why. Where we've gone down the path of natural search, natural speaking search, and, and working on ways to optimize that before. But um, said humans can speak at 150 words per minute but only type at 40 words per minute. And I would imagine, too, that that is even slower on a mobile device. So if I can just speak naturally and it can dictate what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and it's 90% accurate, (laughs) then that's okay. But the the trigger point in here for me was that um, they said you won't, you, the, the adoption rate will not increase to the masses like, like it could if it's not 99% accurate. Mm. It's just because people are going to get frustrated. They're not going to trust it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, you're going to ask it a question. It's going to give you, you know, wrong, wrong information, that type of thing. When so, are we going to get a, a search engine that's um, calculated out over a stenographer's keyboard? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, we should look into that. Interesting. And get that, uh, <laughs> that word for minute typing up there to human speak. Yeah. So two, two factors that go into kind of what's going to take search usage above and beyond. So they're saying, uh, this is from, from, um, from Crowd, hardware options that seamlessly integrate into all areas of person's life. So Internet of Things, mm-hmm. right? We have clients that work in the Internet of Things space um, and SaaS-based products that, that work very well and integrate from uh, your point of contact to the ether. And then uh, voice recognition accuracy that surpasses a 99%. Uh, threshold and um, so I don't I don't know how quickly we'll get there I think we're yeah. definitely expanding um, that new Google Pixel that's sitting on my desk right now that <laughs> I have been holding off on touching um, I'm anxious to play with that and play with the Google Assistant and and see how that works um, whether or not I use it or not I can tell you guys I don't I don't know um, I was at my in-laws over the weekend and they have um, the Google Home, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they have one of those at the cottage, and um, my father-in-law was using it to play songs, play music, kid-friendly stuff, because the kids were there. And I didn't really care for it. It's not like a music player. It was, uh, you have to ask it to play a specific song. Uh, oh, so it, it changes the experience. Yeah, and it, it pulls it from YouTube. Uh, so it's not like a streaming music service. So it doesn't pull it from Google's music service. No, like it... We, my father-in-law discovered that my kids really like the song Jingle Bells uh, in July, June. So, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So he would say, um, okay, Google, play Jingle Bells. And it would play, it, it would pull it from YouTube. 
mm-hmm. it's the first result. It's basically what I was playing, the first mm-hmm. result in a SERP. Mm-hmm. And the first result when you ask him for something like that is going to be from YouTube. And when the song was over, it might just go into like another Christmas song. It's not a streaming music service. It's, it was very frustrating. And they kept, they kept screwing it up too. And like, you're limited to what shows up first. So if you're getting like the rockabilly version of Jingle Bells <laughs> or, or something that shows up first, it's, you're, you're limited to that. And you have no way to control what shows up. Yeah, that gives a totally different experience yeah. because at least uh, when you have a page in front of you, you can select the one that you want. Right. Yeah. It's, and it's interesting too, I'm, I'm waiting to see where it goes with the music player side of it. And I did just, off, off the side here, I did just a quick search to see because I was curious. Um, <clears throat> when would something like a, like a, a Sonos right? Wireless, wireless speakers, um, and systems. When are those going to be more integrated with the internet of things Mm. and personal assistance? So there's a couple articles out there. The verge had one from back in February. There's one, uh, recently in the community from Sonos that there are some integrations, uh, through harmony, but you know, would Sonos take that on themselves? I I think they will. I think they'll integrate that. I think my prediction on that is they're either going to integrate with someone like they're just going to say, yeah, we're going to adopt the the, the Google side or the Amazon side or there's got to be some sort of open source technology there they can use but then is it an incentive for them as well right um, but I agree with you it's a that's a different experience right the reason that vinyl is a trend is because it's an experience you put it on you drop the needle and it plays same thing why Spotify and, and even Pandora you know I want to build it off of this genre and we talked about it mm-hmm. last week is that it, it it learns, but it's you don't really like you don't have to think about it. I guess I don't, yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that. And I, I just think, think in the example I gave, there's nothing to learn on that because you can't. There, the command isn't that isn't there. It's like, no, not that one. That's not the song I wanted yeah. to listen to. Yeah, and it's all based on recognized commands to go back to the Google Home, and it's uh, until they can say, like, no, give me the next result in the SERP. You know, and then you're teaching the average layperson what a SERP is. You know, and they're mm. like a whole new set of commands and terminology that they don't know that they have to be able to say out loud in order to filter through the different results that show mm. up on a SERP. Mm. So you're teaching a whole second level of internet usage to generations of people that are only just learning how to use the internet. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. How about anything else? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I had one. Um, Maybe not so much a specific article, but I've recently just subscri- subscribed to the uh, the SEO subreddit on Reddit, mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of for s's and grins to see what <laughs> what people are talking about. And what I've learned is that it's mostly noobs learning how to like ask just ask questions that maybe don't have resources like we do, or maybe like people doing their own sites at mm-hmm. home. Um, and I read a, a pretty extensive post by someone in there. I think he was in the uh, a home service line of work, like. HVAC or something like that, but like he um, was made a really long post about how frustrated he was with content that's out there written on other sites of that industry, um, and it was all a hundred percent fluff. Mm-hmm. There was nothing in those articles that were written for the human. It was one hundred percent written for search engines, mm-hmm. and it's to show up and get search and he was expressing how difficult that is for him as a business owner because he can't compete with that. You know, it, and, um, to, 
go full circle on that, doing some reading this week, I stumbled us across an article from a source that I like to go to to read um, on the, in the industry, and it was an article on three simple steps to get a featured snippet. And I know that was a topic earlier. It's mm -hmm. always been a topic in the software. We always talked about it. And the article was 100% written to get the featured snippet on featured snippets. Hmm. And, I mean, you put how to get in three simple steps yeah. in the title, and then you break it all down very clean and neat, especially when you've got an authoritative site on that type of stuff. It's working to get that. And I read, like, mm. half the article, and then it just kind of get deep in the weeds, and it just was almost frustrating. I was almost mad reading it after associating it with that, that Reddit post mm. that it was, this is just written for search results. It's not, it's not written for me. It's not written for a human. It's just written to get, to show up in search. Do you think the home, especially home services side, that's tough. Um, we have a couple clients that, you know, are in that space and, and we know how competitive it can be at the local right. and regional level. Um, I often wonder, and maybe this is the DIYer in me and being able to kind of see the forest through the trees with some of that stuff but and, and call it BS when you see BS, yeah. but, but really, like, I mean, is a homeowner, if they're searching for something related to HVAC, like, are they able to sniff out whether or not that's, like, is it, is right. it a legitimate company? Is it, like, HVAC yeah. talk? Is yeah. it, you know, mm -hmm. what, what's the context there, you know? Right. The, the, the guy was expressing how it was frustrating where you keep reading it. It's like, okay, maybe the next paragraph will happen to me. <laughs> uh, maybe the next paragraph mm -hmm. will happen to me. And the meat never shows up. And, right. and next thing you know, you've read the whole entire article and you just wasted five minutes of your time trying to find something. You hit the back button, click the next article on the SERP, and the next thing you know, you've just done it again. It was a never-ending cycle for them. Horrible. Yeah. So what would be the, the company that's doing it in the wrong way? What are I mean, they can't be getting business from what they're doing. They're just showing up in search traffic. It's simply for exposure. Maybe not brand awareness, but like if someone locally, they'll, they'll put keywords scattered throughout that article and put regional terms um, in an effort when somebody does a search in that, like, I, I, I need a new air conditioner. Mm -hmm. My air conditioner broke. Air conditioner repairman near me, you know, that that type of article. Mm -hmm. like, how to get your air conditioner repaired in Grand Rapids, Michigan, mm -hmm. you know, and, and somebody will have an article about that that's written in a fluff form. Yeah. <sighs> so, good content. Good, but... But how do you curb it? How do you compete yeah. with it, right? Right. And and will will but though as as the usability side of it plays a deeper role into it, in uh, ranking factors and signals, mm. it might take a while. But will that kind of come out in the wash? Yeah. Maybe you know. In yeah. terms of words of encouragement, to back to that individual. Yeah. You know, if you were to ask me, like, just how to how do you keep on keeping on? It's like well understand some of these signals and know that like that's not the end all be all unless that's true evergreen content that's been indexed mm -hmm. for a long time too yeah you know? but i think there's ways to you know find out a way to do it better right you know but it goes back to the whole notion of google makes these suggestions for their to improve in their to help with their recent algorithm changes the industry gets wind of it works on it oh, yeah. finds the loopholes yeah. <laughs> right Takes advantage of the rules, yeah. and then five years later, Google goes, "Yeah, we're yeah, that's, that's not really what we were thinking we meant by that." So, 
Let's reevaluate. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Does any? Do you guys have any anything else to share? No. Not today. All right. Good. So we're headed off to Search Love Boston. We fly out on Sunday, and so we'll be out there hanging with a bunch of other uh, extremely knowledgeable uh, SEO folks, and. Uh, Taking in the East Coast for a little bit, so I'm just looking forward to hearing everyone talk. <laughs> the locals. Not yeah, are you going to work on your Are you going to work on your, your your Boston accent? <laughs> oh, all right, cool. Well, uh, thanks to anybody listening in, tuning in. Uh, until next time, take care. See you. Bye. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.